Shalom. Tonight we have with us a guest that is unlike any other guest I think we've ever had on our show before. And I want to just introduce him by giving a little bit of a background as to something that I think is very important for all of us to think about a little bit. You know, there are many causes that we have in life. There are many things that we become dedicated to, things we believe in, that we feel strongly about. But once in a while we find an individual that becomes so dedicated to a cause that they're willing to put their life on the line. Now, we don't really relate to that too much because it's not something that in our society we have a need for putting our life on the line. We know that in the past, perhaps, many Jews in Russia, people in other very difficult government situations that they, they just in order to survive, had to go through tremendous self-sacrifice in order to be able to function on a day-to-day basis. But rarely do we see in our history as Jews, or perhaps in the history of any peoples, an individual who literally becomes a national hero, not because they were in the right place at the right time, or because they happened to come across a situation they were able to do something really super, but because they dedicated their life to a principle and put their life on the line every single moment of every single day. Now, in Israeli history, we have very few situations that I can say where a person did something to that degree, although, of course, throughout the early years of Israel, there are many, many people who are putting their life on the line on a regular basis. But when you hear the story that we're going to talk about tonight, you'll understand what I mean, that this is a totally unique situation. We have with us tonight the brother of an individual who dedicated himself to the survival and the flourishment of the state of Israel back in the 60s, when they were surrounded by very aggressive and very antagonistic countries who were out literally and openly to destroy the state of Israel. He ascended in a foreign government to the point of becoming friends with the inner circle of that government and, of course, came to the point of being able to inform Israel about tremendous doings, dealings, things that were going on within that foreign government that were of tremendous danger and threat to Israel. And by informing the Israeli government and the Israeli people of those threats, was able to literally save the lives of thousands and thousands of people. But in the meantime, it meant sacrificing his own life. Without further ado, I want to introduce you to Mr. Maurice Cohn, the brother of the famous Israeli spy and national hero, Mr. Eli Cohn, Allah Shalom. Mr. Cohn, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, thank you. Good evening, uh, Rabbi Tegdon. And I know that to this point, even though it's over 30 years since your brother passed away. 35. 35 years since your brother became a martyr and was literally hung in the center square, I believe, of Damascus after months and months of torture and terrible, terrible experiences that he had once he was discovered that the pain for your family and, of course, for Ali's wife and his three children must still be very much alive and very much part of your lives from day to day. Uh, Certainly, this is the agony I will never forget. We seek that the President uh, Assad, Hafez al-Assad, will do a humanitarian act and to bring back my brother home. I know that you've been trying for many, many years to be able to get his remains returned to Israel, and I understand that that was one of the issues that was brought up, in fact, in the recent discussions between Syria and Israel about possible peace in the Golan Heights, that this was one of the issues that was a requirement made in order to be able to reach that peace. 
Yeah, I primarily send uh, several applications and appeal uh, with uh, the internet and to make uh, an interview with uh, the ambassador of uh, Egypt in Israel, Mohammed Bassouni. I sent a letter to him. I never received an answer. Later on, I uh, gave a letter to the uh, uh, Patrick, Sir, uh, Patrick Seal. He is a, a journalist in London, yes. a famous journalist. He is writing the biography of the, His Excellency, the President of Syria, Amin Mr. Assad. He brought me a verbal uh, uh, answer that the president will have no obstruction to give back the body to be buried in Israel in due time. It means after the end of the negotiation with Israel, and I hope it will be in a positive okay, way. Okay, so good. There's something to hope for, and uh, hopefully have some light at the end of the tunnel. Now, let's go back 35, 40 years to exactly what happened in those days. Of course, Israel being surrounded by some very aggressive nations, the Mossad, which for those who are not familiar, is more like the Israeli CIA, I would say. And he was sent to do a very special mission. Describe for us what that mission was. In, the, in principle, he was sent to uh, Syria through Argentina in order to verify and uh, give us alert if the Syrian army will uh, suddenly attack uh, Israel and to look up if they don't uh, uh, <coughs> uh, change the sources of the water source of uh, that Israel uh, be, uh, takes the man, uh, the, all the water uh, and if they do this project it will be uh, That's like an act of war. Yeah. Because so, uh, I think maybe a half of the Israeli water comes from the Golan Heights, or from exactly, that area. Exactly, Because it goes down to the Canary. And this is worse than the, the, all the Katusha and all what the bombs are bombarding us. They, will, uh, they can uh, destroy Israel through uh, the water. Right. Now, okay, so he was given that assignment. He went to Argentina. He befriended people from the Syrian government there or from the Syrian embassy. He met uh, an auditor of uh, a weekly magazine written in Arabic and uh, Ladino. He so himself spoke Arabic fluently. He, he speak uh, many languages, French, English, and other languages. He became a, a close friend of this uh, journalist. And uh, through him, he met the, uh, uh, the, the ambassador, Al -Hafiz, Amin Al-Hafiz, who at that time was, uh, 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 how we call it, uh, uh, a military attaché. Okay. And he knew many people there and all the uh, war and war in uh, Syria. And uh, later on, he received uh, many uh, uh, <coughs> a letter of recommendation. Oh, Eli did. Eli, Eli received from they, them. They asked him to come to Syria? They asked him to enter Syria through uh, Lebanon and uh, Egypt. So he came because the... Uh, <coughs> Control is easier through right. the land. So how long of a transition period did it take in Argentina for him to prove himself that they would want him to come to Syria? It, it took th three or four months. That's it? That's it. It's, it was a very short uh, period. He, he made a very close relationship with all uh, the people there connected. And uh, when he came to enter to Damascus, 
he broadcast the for for the people, young people, uh, to return to uh, Syria, and uh, this is a new democratic uh, Baath party, and uh, to leave all they bring all their money and uh, studies and make live in uh, in Syria. Well, now I understand. He asked that the children, that the young people, come back to Syria. Yeah, the Syrian. Where were they going? People. They was all uh, living abroad, so he asked ah, so them. He tried to, to get them to come back. To, yeah. So for the Syrian government, that must have been a big plus. It, it was very that. plus. Right. Exactly. So they liked him even more. He yeah. obviously knew the right things to do in order to be able to develop the relationship exactly. needed. Exactly. So then he rose higher and higher. He became very popular. I understand he, he used to make parties. He made parties in his home. He, d- he destroyed the money all over, and which he, he got from the Israeli government. Uh, certainly, and he uh, the. Uh, the, the president, uh, Amin al-Khavis, was uh, sick. He has uh, cancer in his throat. And he suggested him to be operated by a uh, uh, French-Jewish uh, physician. And he uh, accepted. Israel uh, uh, paid for it. And he, uh, he, he succeeded to, to make the operation and he what kind of operation? Is is cancer in his throat? In his throat. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, he succeeded to do it, and he thought that he is uh, owe his life to my brother. So we become closer friend, and he bestow many money, and he also uh, make uh, donations mm-hmm. from all the people abroad for the Syrian uh, party. Did your brother at the time know the present president of Syria, President the, Assad? Uh, uh, president Assad was at that time the uh, leader of the, uh, 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 how we call it, Air Force uh, forces. Right. So, and he did become close uh, with him? Uh, he was, uh, he knew him. I, I have a photo of him uh, with the uh, uniform of the pilot and uh, beside him was the president uh, his excellency the president Assad now when he was discovered after having well let's go back a little bit how was he discovered what exactly was he doing he was giving information to Israel radioing transmitting information to them on a regular basis about what about positions in Golan Heights about things that are happening Uh, not only not only in every aspect he was uh, he was accompanying the president, uh, Amin al-Khafiz, with every step and every, uh, <coughs> uh, uh, how we call it, uh, 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 meeting with the Ba'ath Party and all over the, the country. He was meeting, he was his uh, shadow, and he was accompanying him, and uh, he knew everything. He reported every day. Twice a day. Every day. Every day he reported everything he see. By radio transmitter? uh, By radio transmitter. Now, how did they find out that he was doing this? Uh, Well, uh, because he found up uh, several things that the broadcast in Israel was broadcasting it uh, after they received from uh, my brother uh, half an hour before that was uh, broadcast or uh, uh, in the newspaper. So there was... uh, uh, very uh, angry, didn't know who is uh, doing this, uh, or the uh, news was sent, in, uh, was tell, uh, told by Israel uh, broadcasting and newspaper before that the Syrian 
uh, officially was uh, broadcasted. So Ali must have been very upset that his messages were being broadcast in Israel because that would give away that there was a spy. No, he didn't know that because he didn't listen to the broadcasting. But didn't the Israeli government realize they were endangering him by doing that? Uh, no, maybe because this it, it will... Uh, uh, they denied it that they have done it, but in the due time, uh, when after uh, he had been captured, they said it maybe it was uh, uh, specially made to make the government angry and to not to think about war. Uh huh. I see. Now, okay. At that point, they knew there was a spy, but how did they concentrate and focus on your brother as being the spy? Well, there is many uh, question about it. Once uh, they said that the Egyptian uh, uh, military attaché, when he visited uh, Syria, he remembers that my brother was connected with uh, the uh, uh, Essek Beach in, uh, in Egypt. What is Essek Beach? Essek Beach is uh, the, the Israel sent some uh, a group of persons in Israel, in Egypt, in order to avoid uh, war and uh, the, when the British left, the British and the American left uh, the Egyptian uh, territory, uh, so they thought that they will be able to attack Israel. So they sent them to make some provocation to order in order that the British or uh, come back. Mm -hmm. But uh, they failed and they captured two fellows and they uh, uh, hang them up uh, with uh, Dr. Marzouk and Shmuel Azar. And uh, my brother wanted to revenge their uh, soul. So when he came to Israel, he asked to be recruited by the uh, Mossad. And uh, the Mossad refused him because his Hebrew was uh, uh, the, the prayer Hebrew, not, uh, uh, no, and the not the speaking one. So uh, later on, they recruited him. And they make a special uh, uh, history for uh, back history of his own family uh, was uh, was born in Aleppo and uh, emigrated to Egypt and later on to uh, mm -hmm. Ladino America. Right. So it was the uh, the same story of our family. Now, can you share with our viewing audience? your involvement with the story because you're, of course, were a key part of all of this and I think it's very interesting for everybody to know not only what your role was but the choices that you were faced with during the course of the time that he was a spy in Damascus. Well, in the beginning when I was uh, being uh, recruited uh, in, by the Mossad in the same un uh, unit. That you were recruited? I have been recruited. They asked me. I was serving as uh, a simple uh, soldier in uh, Golani. How old were you then? Uh, I was uh, about uh, 40. 40? 40. And they recruited me, and I didn't know who is this person because I knew many languages. I could uh, translate and make the uh, code and decode all the messages received by the uh, our men in uh, all over the world, not mm -hmm. only in Syria. Right. So I didn't know that this particular man was my brother. But later on, I discovered when he sent some uh, sewing machine to his wife, mm -hmm. he said, uh, did Nadia receive the singer uh, sewing machine? Mm 
Right. Uh, I asked my superior because I didn't have this in my uh, record of uh, a code name for, sewing code name for so, so, such things. So they told me keep it, it's uh, just translate it like it is. But I ran away and uh, saw the, in my uh, 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 Nigel's house the, the wife of Ellie and I found out that she has a sewing machine. Mm -hmm. But I said maybe it is a, a, coincidence. a coincidence and I uh, uh, forget about it. But later on, uh, after two or three weeks, they sent him another uh, uh, message. Uh, they sent him, Mademoiselle Fifi a commencé à It means uh, uh, Miss Fifi is the name of my late mother and this, uh, also his daughter, uh, Sophia. Uh, begin to walk because she was very heavy and uh, she didn't walk at time. So they wanted to call him and to keep uh, his mind in his job. So they sent him this message. But in that time, I was I didn't ask my superiors. I came directly to the house of uh, my uh, sister-in-law and I find my shabby little uh, niece uh, walking, making the first steps. So I was sure that the man after, uh, under the curtain, our man in Damascus, is no other than my brother Eli Cohen. So how did you feel when you found that out? Did your well, brother I was, was sitting upset. here in Damascus and I, such I was proud and upset because I knew that uh, everyone uh, who worked before in, as a spy, well, the end of him was hanging. So I was very well. Almost. Almost all the one I know, uh, two, uh, four in Egypt, and two Syrian uh, American spy uh, uh, was uh, uh, hanged uh, uh, two or three months before his capture. So I knew <coughs> that uh, this very he is uh, dangering himself and his uh, life and the life of our family because when he has been hanged. Uh, all our life is destroyed. We was so attached to him. My mother uh, uh, died at uh, 87 and a half years. She was wearing a medallion with his picture and she wanted to see him and uh, to, to lie on his uh, tomb to make a prayer, but we never had uh, this occasion. Right, so what did you do when you were in that conflict. You were working in Mossad, you were taking messages from somebody who was your brother that you were not supposed to know was your brother. On the one hand, you wanted to protect your family. On the one hand, you felt the loyalty to the state of Israel. So you must uh, have been in tremendous conflict. I, I could uh, tell my mother all the story, discover this uh, secret, but I keep it uh, 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 in my heart because I knew if he doesn't do that, somebody else must do it. So I was very proud that his, my mind my, took his own decision to do that, to protect our people, uh, not for this decade, only for our grandchildren all over the world. Mm -hmm. All the Jews all over the world are attacked by, by terrorists. So uh, maybe this will approach the war and will uh, uh, <coughs> uh, prevent any attack from uh, terrorism. So uh, I left this in the hand of God, and the end is uh, well known. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the actual accomplishments that your brother did. From what I understand, and of course, please correct me or add on whatever 
you know, of course, much better what happened. But he, it was because of his information that we were able to, in fact, conquer the Golan Heights. And he saved the lives of many of the Israeli soldiers by uh, mapping out a strategy how to be able to conquer those Golan Heights. Well, he gave the exact position of the uh, bunkers. He gave the azimut, the, the dots and uh, the maps uh, sent to Israel. So it was so easy to Israel to destroy all the bunkers. And he was informing the army and the Mossad when, when the Syrians uh, wanted to attack the air forces, our air forces came to the, uh, to the frontier mm -hmm. and uh, they destroyed the airplanes in uh, the Syrian terror, uh, terrorism before entering Israel. So it was very, very happening. They never bombarded Israel by a plane. So he literally saved and, uh, hundreds of lives as a result. Certainly. <coughs> we won the war with the minimum of uh, sacrifice of people, of our soldiers. And this helped us uh, to conquer after two years after his death. So we conquered Ramataglan. We're still on it. And uh, this uh, will prevent uh, from bombarding all the kibbutzim and all the uh, people. Uh, sure. Well, anybody who has been in the Golan, whether it be tourist or whether it be a person visiting your family or whatever, can clearly see how those heights are a necessity for Israel to have possession of because without it, they were literally sitting ducks. I mean, it is unbelievable to see how easy it would be to attack the whole of the Galilee and the whole area of the, of the Canaret Sea if a person would not have the possession, if the country would not have possession of that area. Yeah, but today is, is there is many uh, other uh, uh, meaning of attacking. There, there were missiles, were other things. It is preferably that somebody will be on the Golan Heights to control every movement mm -hmm. uh, of the army in, uh, to prevent any attack to Israel because we lost so many blood of our children and soldiers. So we want to prevent uh, the war. We want peace. We want uh, to make a business and to make uh, the Middle East as uh, the, uh, the best uh, place in the world. We can do a business with Arab countries, and the country, Arab countries will also uh, take advantage of this uh, peace. Do you think Assad is interested in peace in Israel? I think every anybody in the world want peace, but sometimes they uh, uh, batch every because they want it to make more and take more uh, advantage. But I leave this discussion to the leaders, our leaders, and the Syrian leaders to decide. Mm -hmm. But I think in Israel and all Jews all over the world want peace in the Middle East. That's for sure. And even the uh, Americans and the Europeans, all, even the Arab countries, now they are negotiating with us. I, but uh, they, before doing any transaction, I think it, uh, President Assad and the Syrian government must do uh, and build uh, uh, some steps to give confidence and to give back uh, the body of my brother. And, because he, have, he can do any harm now, 35 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, died. So, and uh, to give us also information about uh, the <coughs> Ron Arad, 
right. and about the other. Ronnie Rod was a pilot who was uh, down the pilot in Syria. Was, that, yeah. I think that was going back over 10 yeah. years ago, perhaps. And uh, the. We still uh, have any information about him? And Sultan Yaakov, the, the, all the soldiers, missing soldiers of Sultan Yaakov. This will make also, if there will be any uh, vote, will add too much to vote uh, uh, for the government mm -hmm. to release Ramatagolan or some, uh, some other places. Without this, I think the vote, the vote will be against. So uh, I believe I suggest to the government to make some humanitarian uh, gestures and to make this before the negotiation. Because the negotiation is between the governments, but the people must feel that they have confidence mm -hmm. and the, the, uh, the, the uh, intention of peace is, is uh, trustfully. Mm -hmm. and not only a question to get back the land. Right now, Ellie Cohen's family, he has a wife and three children. They still live in Israel? His wife is still unmarried, a widow. He have two uh, daughters and a boy. The two daughters are married and have uh, children. Now, you and Mrs. Cohen travel throughout Israel to educate the young about exactly what uh, Ellie Cohen did, yeah. what he accomplished for them? My... Uh, daughter-in-law have uh, an internet of her own and I guess you tell us the internet site uh, internet site and I have what is my the name own of the site? Uh, my uh, my, uh, my uh, internet site is www.elicoin.com elicoin.com uh, and uh, I give speeches uh, and uh, lectures all over the country and I have been uh, also interviewed by uh, hundreds of newspapers all over the world. I can imagine, because this is such a rare story and such a, and an even incredible the, act of, of uh, heroism. I make a petition to President uh, Assad uh, to release the, um, the body of my brother. Can I sign it? Uh, yeah, you can find it in the in there, okay. internet. Oh, it's on the internet site also. Okay, yeah, good. So you can anybody sign it through it. should know that if they want to sign a petition to try to get his remains yeah, returned. My goal is to get uh, 100,000 signatures. Okay. I already received almost 40,000. Most of them are also from Arab countries. Really? Yeah, and from uh, officials. Interesting. Uh, and uh, many humanitarian. Uh, 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 how we call it, uh, schools and mm -hmm. uh, universities, uh, right. a very familiar uh, relationship uh, persons write directly to the president to release the, the body of my brother. Right. Well, listen, I wish you and your family all the best, and I hope that the petition drive will be successful. I hope before you get the 100,000 signatures that, of course, Assad will do the right thing, which of course, as you say, right. is this, the, the right step to be able to convince us or let us know in some way that he's sincere about making peace with the U Jewish people. Thank you very much and for this occasion. Well, it's and our pleasure. I, and I, I pray day and night that the peace will uh, be very soon between all the Arab countries Amen. and Israel. I, I'll, uh, I'll pray with you, 100%. In the meantime, I think that the story of uh, Mr. Cohen, who himself is a hero, in the sense of not only what he has bared with his family and how he himself had helped at the time that Ellie was sending those transmissions back to Israel and able to really, at the expense of knowing what was close to his family, do what was right for the state of Israel. So for that, I'm sure the Israeli government and the Israeli people owe you a tremendous debt of gratitude. In the meantime, I want to ask everybody out there, be a hero also. Don't just leave the heroes to Eli Cohen and to Muris Cohen. Be a hero in your family and to somebody out there who really makes a difference 
to be able to help them to be able to feel the beauty of life and the gift that God has given to you, share it with somebody else. In the meantime, we'll see you next week at the Jewish Spotlight. Shalom.